Hey, Gilbert, how are you? I'm doing good yourself, Chris. How are you? Pretty good. Um, this episode mm-hmm. is going to be called The Takeover. Ooh. And what's going to happen to <laughs> what's going to happen this evening is um, my friend here, Gilbert Ward, uh, you, you heard him on our other podcast talking about trauma. He's going to interview me at Roxanne's Corner this evening. So, uh, without further ado, I am going to turn it over to Gilbert <laughs> Gilbert Ward. I'm so nervous about this. I'm not sure what he's going to what he's going to ask me, but he's going to take over the podcast tonight. It's all yours. So, what you so nervous for? I don't know what you're going to ask. Come on, Chris. You, I mean. Granted, I am sort of random at times, but you know, I'm, I'm very conservative. <laughs> yeah, you're a square, but go ahead. Pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> would you consider yourself an optimistic or pessimistic person? I would call myself an optimistic person. Um, and that's because I believe that all things work out. Um, for that particular time and purpose and reason um, nothing there is no there is no there are no mistakes um, there's a purpose and a reason and a plan for everything that happens so I would say I'm optimistic um, anything that ba- that is bad can turn out to be good um, for example last year we had a pandemic you know oh, what what great things came out of the pandemic i try to look at the brighter things versus the negative things i'm not naive i do know that mm-hmm. there are negative things that happen however there are also positive things that come out of the negative okay okay gotcha. okay so that led me to my that was a perfect segue to my next question right mm-hmm. um what's been some of the biggest failures and success of last year that you've been through and that you've learned from those what has what has what has been my biggest successes from last year as well as your failures as well as my failures um (laughs) so again it goes back to being more optimistic um so this is going to be twofold one of my biggest failures for me is not doing more work on Roxanne's Corner but Mm -hmm. Um, a success is trying is figuring out that I do want to continue the journey and to learn more about podcasting to learn more about establishing content guests Um, I would say I learned that out of that failure in my opinion I learned that podcasting is a lot of work it's not just some fly by night initiative that I said that I'm going to just do because I'm bored. Yes, I do get bored sometimes, but out of that boredom comes creativity. And then, you know, now it's Roxanne's Corner. Okay. So what inspired you behind this Roxanne's Corner? So there's a story. Um, When I was in high school, I went to when we lived in Detroit, I went to Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, 
and Martin Luther King High School is a very is a number at the time I, I believe it was a number three high school in the city, and they had three programs. You had the math program, you had the international studies program, and then you had liberal arts. I was more on the liberal arts side. Um, I loved choir, drama, dance, and all of that stuff. I, I veered towards the choir part. And so we were in, in an assembly one day, and there there was a guest speaker. I, I don't know who that guest speaker was, but as I was sitting in the auditorium, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be like Oprah Winfrey. I was like, what? I want to be like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> so... Um, I didn't do anything with it um, at that time in, in high school. I was going through a lot. Um, my parents um, had to move to Ohio because of their jobs and I was in a place where I didn't want to be. So I was just like, let me just get through my sophomore year so I can just, so we can move and, you know, be a happy little family. So, but in the back of my mind, I still had a dream about, you know, Oprah Winfrey. Um, I didn't, when we moved to our new city, which was Cleveland, Ohio, and Mm. we lived in Olmstead Falls, which was a very, very small suburb, which didn't have a little, didn't have a lot of people who looked like me. I just tried to, I went to school, kept my nose clean and had little issues here, here and there. But, you know, I was just trying to make it, you know, make it out of high school. It was just different. And so, again, this thought was in the back of my head that I still want to have some type of entertainment career. But I didn't do anything with it. I don't even know if my parents knew that I I had this dream. So I went to school and, um, you know, typical college student, go to your classes, skip some classes, go to some classes, skip some classes. And then after that, we we lived there for, we lived in Ohio for four years. And then we moved to Indiana. And I still had this dream about being Oprah Winfrey. But again, I didn't do anything with it. So came came here to Indiana and had and went to school. Same thing. Go go to class, skip some classes here, go to class skip some classes thing there skip some classes but I still didn't do anything with it so four years Mm -hmm. later my parents have to move back again and I said I'm not going back to Michigan I'm just going to stay here in Indiana and I'm going to go to school and I'm going to work so Mm -hmm. I get a job and I'm still at that Mm -hmm. job that was almost Mm -hmm. that was almost 20 years um, Wow, 20 years ago and during all of that time, I still had this dream about being, quote unquote, Oprah. So, I, but I still didn't do anything with that. I didn't go to school. I watched TV and I took notes and, you know, I have a diary full of thoughts and all of that stuff and didn't know what to do with it. So as I am going through life, I had to I have a great career single, no children, going in, going back to school, stopping school, going back to school. This thing called podcasting pops up. I'm like, Mm -hmm. hmm, 
what's going on? What's this podcasting thing? So I start listening to podcasts and I'm like, I can do that. You know, I can get my voice out, out there. I'm not Oprah, but you know, she's the queen of media. I'm clearly not that. So I start, I started my, I did my first podcast in my car sitting outside of Indiana Wesleyan and it's been going ever since. So, oh, so what was that? What was the episode? What was this episode's title? I don't remember. I know it was about going back to school. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, it was it was quite interesting um, doing that podcast because, you know, podcasting can be daunting because of topics and um, having guests and like, do you have a, a ear and do you have questions and are you able to hold a conversation you know Mm -hmm. so back to failures and lessons um that was a failure but it gave me time to cultivate what I truly wanted to do I'm not Oprah Winfrey Mm -hmm. but I'm still doing things that would would help um people with that have a voice and talk about different topics so you know i'm my own little my own little oprah but it's roxanne's corner right right so we got so we got one person influence you give us three more people that influence you whether it be the podcast work life what is it who are these people so the people that influence me the main people are my parents um very very good people um <laughs> they met in high school and had my, my myself and my brother i'm the youngest of two they had wonderful careers they're just good solid people um they're role models um a lot of people put have put celebrities on pedestals and And um, when you have two people who who tried their hardest to help their children get to um, different heights and in their careers and life and get through school and just milestones you you can't help but to um for the but to be role models you know it's nothing wrong with having a celebrity as your role model but you have to be sure that those celebrities are in line with your values so my parents um they great great value system that that passed on to my brother and I so those are my top my um, my top role models, bar none. That's it. Okay. Um, I will put my brother in there. Uh, we're tight. That's my best friend. You know, can talk to him about anything. He's he's um, a person that pushes me to get to my goals, and you know, you know, he's he's up there. So I will put my mom my, and my dad as number one and two, and three is my brother. Okay. So you talked about bias, mm-hmm. right? 
So have your values changed from 10 years ago up until now? Um, my number, well, let me, let me answer it like this. My number one value is love God. And that, that has okay. never changed. Um, and that never will change. My number two value is love yourself. So, mm. yes, that value has changed because there, there are times that I didn't love myself. So, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, th- those are my uh, top values. And um, love God, love yourself. And number three is love your family. Your family is the only thing that is the only thing that you have. Even if you don't, you, even if you didn't have um, a solid family, they would go in if they went in and out, um, and they didn't exactly make the the same decision, the right decisions, or what you perceive as the right decisions. That's still your family. That's still your blood, or it, your family may not even be your blood, but <clears throat> those are the people that you hold dear and you hold in high regard. So you spoke about one time that you didn't truly mm. love yourself. Did you put more emphasis on the outer beauty or the inner beauty, which made you neglect more of who Kristen Roxanne Phillips is? So I would say it was a little bit of both. Um, mm. The internal love was weighted on who loved me. And the mm. external love was accepting my body as it is but still be healthy at the same time okay so i would have to work on i have to work on both i'm still going through it you know as i turn 43 and i look in the mirror and i'm like okay i got all this gray hair but it's my gray hair you know um this season like song season i have to look it up like oh it's biblical i have wisdom okay i'm good i'll keep it at least for this week, you know. Um, <laughs> but the, that internal love is is something different, um, especially when you try to build relationship with relationships with other people. If you don't have that, um, if you don't have that self love, <clears throat> how you gonna love somebody else? You know, mm. you have to be able to love yourself before you even attempt to to bring someone into your space because what if that person tears you down unintentionally mm. or intentionally what are you going to do right so what is the most important thing you look for in a relationship um, since you already said you got to come with yourself being fully loved now what are you looking for in this other person so in in my quest to to be in a relationship um i have not stuck to my core values uh in looking for those relationships um i would say a person who has those same three values love god love yourself and love your family it's so funny that you you asked me that question because the other day I was actually thinking about my past relationships and each relationship I had to look back and they looked at me kind of funny and strange and asked about the family aspect and they were like 
why is your family the way that they are? Are you around them all the time? You, I mean, mm. you you have your mom and your dad. Like, yeah, this this is what I come from. And you know, unfortunately, I would say all of them could not handle the family aspect. Some even the God aspect. They didn't understand why I go to church. They didn't understand why I was in ministry. They didn't understand um, why I read the Bible. Why why I have certain emotions when some when some things happen in, in the world. So um, when you're in a relationship with me, you have to understand that those three things are top priority. And if you don't have them and I don't see it, it will be revealed and I'm just going to have to bounce. So if you could, what if you could change the number one golden rule, what would it be? The number one golden rule? Explain that. Because you know how they say in the Bible, the, the number one rule. Um, maybe I'm right, we wrong. Um, there should not be no other God mm-hmm. before me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Is that the wrong I don't, I don't know if that's the number one rule, but that is that you shall place no other God before me. Um, okay. So, what that... Well, let's just say, what is your number one golden rule? My number one golden rule, it, it goes along with my values, is that you treat people like you want to be treated. That may sound cliche, but if you want someone to love you and to respect you, you got to do the same thing for, for that person. It's, it goes along with reciprocity. Um, mm. My expectation for anyone who is in my life is to be respectful of me just like I'm respecting you. Care for me just like I care for you. Check on me just like I check on you. You know, I, I'm mm. as I grow older, my patience grows thin when when um, the same respect isn't given. And I'm like, that's not how that's supposed to go. If we're friends, let's act like how friends are supposed to act. You know, that, mm-hmm. and which, which, which maybe I have the, the incorrect notion of what friendships should be. Um, you know, friendships are difficult any kind of relationship are relationships are difficult these days because you have so many distractions whatever distraction may look like um but yeah that's that's my big golden rule just treat me how you want how um how you want to be treated and hopefully it's with respect love you know and sometimes a good laugh you know just just don't leave me out there in the cold. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, but you is all—it's never a dull moment. You always keep laughing. <laughs> so I can definitely say thank well, I hope that. so. That's one thing that uh, I love to laugh, and laughter is good medicine. It is. It is. So, and what scenario is it okay to lie? If it is okay, I to used lie. to lie all the time as a kid. You can ask my mama. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you church lady. I wasn't was in church all my life. I mean, oh. I would I would lie about some of the smallest stuff. 
because I so didn't want to get in trouble like grades. So here's an example. I love telling this story um, to people because they'll never they'll, they'll never believe it. And I actually have evidence of it. Um, mm. I was in third grade and I was going to St. Scholastica in Detroit, Michigan. I, I, um, I hid my report card. I hid my report card and my mom asked about it and I'm like, oh no, I didn't get it. And then mm. a couple days later she asked, no, I didn't get it. And then finally my dad asked. Now my dad had a crazy work schedule he would work he would work nights and he would come home in the morning my mom had gone to work because she worked downtown at the waterboard and my dad would come home and he would take me to school so he asked me about it and I was like no I haven't gotten it yet so I can't remember how how exactly the story went but finally he was like Mm-mm, something ain't right so he came up to the school and because with report cards, you had to show your parents and they had to sign off on it. And so okay. he came up to the school because I had to wait for him. I'm like, where's my dad? Where's my dad? Um, and I was in um, after school. So he, he asked me right then I was as I was putting on my coat or jacket or something. He's like, did you get your report card? I'm like, no. He's like, mm, okay. So we walked from the after school <laughs> section of the building. And if we ever get to Detroit, I'll take you to where the school is. So we walked back to the classroom and my teacher has, was still there. And this was one of my favorite teachers. And she was like, oh, who is this hmm? favorite teacher? I can't remember teacher. her name, but I remember her first name was Barbara. Um, but I didn't call her okay. by her first name, but I can't remember her her name. But she walked, I walked, we walked back to the classroom and I was like, hey, how you doing? He, she was like, hey, Kristen, you know, hey, Mr. Phillips. He, he was like, hey, do we, where, where are the report cards? And she was like, we already gave those out. So he's like, Kristen, go to your desk. So I went to my desk. And at this time, I hadn't cleaned out my desk. So you know how desks were back in the day. You it, Well, for me, they weren't chairs where you, where you sat in the chair and then you had a desk. It was actually a slide-in desk and they, it was attached and all of that stuff. So, But my desk wasn't cleaned out. So it was junky. It was papers in there and everything. So Hmm. I walked over there and I had to clean out my desk. Cleaned it out. My hands were trembling and I was crying already. Hmm. And I found it. I had stuffed it in because I I had a bad grade. What what was his grade and what subject? I think it was a C. It was a, a C or a D in an easy class. I don't remember what class it was. No. Oh, tell me gym. No, it wasn't gym. Um, oh. It was something that was easy for me. should have been easy for me, but I was so disappointed in myself that I lied about it. And so he got the report card. He reviewed it. And I think he signed it right away and just gave it, gave it to the teacher. So... We were silent all the way home. We we only lived like 
15 minutes from the school two exits up from the school and I was quiet and so we hadn't no wait no he didn't sign it he didn't sign it right there because he had to show it to my mom so took it home mm. it sat on the dresser I think for a day if I if if I'm correct mm. crumpled up and everything it was on the dresser because what I would do is each day that it sat there, I would look at it to see if it had moved, to see if they talked about it. <laughs> it was some quiet days in that house because of that issue. <laughs> and so finally, I guess they signed it and I returned it back to school. But I hadn't gotten a punishment yet. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. Hmm. So my dad calls me. Chris, come upstairs for a minute. And I'm like, okay, be right there. So I'm running up the stairs. Hey, Dad, what's going on? So he's in his closet. Now, his closet was in the hallway, not in in their bedroom. Because my mom had the closet in the bedroom and my dad had the outdoor closet. So I see him you know, reaching for some stuff. It, it looked like if, if I'm I'm imagine I'm not imagining, but I'm reliving the moment in my head right now. And he's getting ready to, to go to work. So a little bit about that. My dad worked for General Motors at the time and he he was doing security out at the um the Warren Tech Center. So he had to wear this uniform that heavy pants, um heavy, I think heavy work shoes and a white shirt I think it was a white shirt and he had a heavy belt okay so he hadn't quite gotten dressed yet but he had his hand on his belt mm. okay so I'm going to describe this belt to you so the belt okay. was black mm. thick like a work belt okay a a real real work work belt belt. and it had um, two or three you know how how a work belt has the silver buckle part where you have the the two things hanging out so it can go into the holes so it had that on there and you can slide and make it a test so I'm looking and I'm like dude I'm so sorry I won't do it again so I started going in and (laughs) He was like, he had no hesitation. He was so angry with me. And I felt the anger because it was a swat. You could hear the belt just going and going. So I literally ran around the the second floor of the house. I went through the second bedroom, my room. My mom was I don't know. My mom was there. I think I even ran to her. And we didn't always have the greatest relationship either. And she would be like, don't come in here. And he just swat, swat. And as I as I tried to run away, he caught me. He caught me in between his legs and he just wailed. And so where the scar, I have a scar from this because of the way that I was moving and trying to squirm to get out because he was getting you know the inside of your your leg and your where your um, knee and your leg meet that meet right there 
So he got that. So it was swollen. He tore skin. It was crazy. But I can't say that I didn't deserve it. I lied. So there was a consequence there. I got my butt beat. And so for weeks on end, that scar had to heal. It was open. And I had to wear knee socks and a skirt Mm. to school. And, you know, ever, ever since then, I will never forget that because when they, when you do something wrong, there is always going to be a consequence. Always, whether it be a physical consequence, a mental consequence, or your heart will be broken. So years Mm. later, long time ago, like right before he passed away, I would be like, Dad, do you remember back in third grade where um, you wouldn't, you, I had, you um, gave me a whoop. He was like, what? I did that? <laughs> I was like, yes, you beat your baby. <laughs> he was like, Kristen, I did not do that. I was like, you want to see the scar? He was like, you have a scar? <laughs> like, I have a little PTSD after that. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you lie or when you do something wrong you know you got to prepare for the consequences and ever after that day I tried my hardest not to lie but when you're a kid you know it's like I just don't want to disappoint my parents you know and the biggest the the biggest disappointment for them is that at that time was you don't trust your parent enough to tell the truth but as a kid you're like Mm. Well, I don't want to do anything wrong because I love you so much. So, you know, right. it, that time of my life, it, I have so many stories about when I didn't tell the truth. My mom would be like, why don't you just tell the truth? Why do you just lie? Well, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm a kid. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So how do you handle high how stress do I situations? High stress situations. I pray. Um, that's the first thing I do. Mm. Um, yeah, and I play. I play okay. uh, music a lot. Um, but my my wow. favorite artist is my favorite secular artist is Anita Baker. But right now I can't play her music because she's fighting for her masters. But, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Me, and, me and Anita have a special relationship. Um, and I okay. think it's because, of course, Detroit, it always brings back wonderful memories about being there. And then I also, um, on the music front, I'll, I also listen to gospel music because it always makes me feel better. Yeah. So, so you said those memories of Detroit. What is a memory of Detroit? That's that's a, a golden, golden memory, memory of being in Detroit. Um, I, I would probably say my adult years going back and forth between living in Cleveland and Indiana and going back to Detroit because you get to you get to view Detroit in a in a different lens. You get to view it as a visitor versus a resident. I left, we left Detroit mm-hmm. when I was 14, 15, and 
Detroit was still a great city. And then while I was gone, the the economy tanked and Detroit got it really bad, the auto industry and everything. But we were still blessed that my dad had a great job and, you know, things were going wonderful for our family. But going back to Detroit, you know, during those times, you could see the strife. You could see just everything stagnant. Um, but like I said earlier, I like to see the good in things because if that did not happen, you know, with Kwame Kilpatrick and the auto industry and death and all of those things, Detroit would not be where it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit has changed so much and I haven't been in a couple of years due to um, my mom moving and the pandemic and just haven't gotten just haven't gotten there. Um, but I just love being in the presence of my family and just seeing the, the wonderful changes that, that are, that are happening. And it's so funny when I was at Martin Luther King high school, there was this teacher named Mr. Humphrey and he was my social studies teacher. And for a long time, he would be like, what would y'all do to change the city? What would you do to change the city? So I was like, come on, y'all. What would we do to change the city? Because at that time, there was nothing for teenagers to do, you know? Um, Mm. So we would type out these long lists of what we would do on the river walk. We would add shopping downtown and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, as I'm watching the news, living in another city and watching my friends post on Facebook about all these things that are happening, I was like, we talked about these things back when I was 15 years old and it took that long for change to happen, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. about that and that's just how life goes. Change does not happen immediately. You have to have an environment that is ready for change. Back then, it, Detroit may not have been ready for all of that. But now, you know, it's totally different. Now, I'm sure that there are, are different political systems that, that got a hold of some things and made some stuff happen. But Detroit, again, right. is on the verge of a renaissance and is in a renaissance period. I think maybe the back then, the reason why you said... Detroit wasn't ready for a change. They just came. Mm-hmm. I guess they just went through a major change. So I think another drastic change probably been like, ah, we, what are we going through? You know, like a major uh, tailwind. For so I guess, like you said, it's change is necessary, but yeah, at a time when you're ready, ready for, for it. it. Definitely, definitely. Um, so that being said, right, would you rather go back in time or jump forward and see some of the future? Um, changes went on or be a part of it. Are we talking in reference to Detroit or in life in general? Just life. At this point, I'd rather just be in the present. Live in the present and let God take it where it needs to be. But to I know that probably sounds like I'm avoiding the question but to answer your question Honestly, yes, I would love to just stay here, but if given the option, just for conversation's sake, let's go back to the past. 
let let's go back and mm. and see what kind of impact would I have um, caused if I always wonder this if I would have stayed in Detroit and if my dad didn't get promoted and moved to Ohio and my mom didn't get an, a job offer and my dad did, didn't get another job offer to move to Indiana what would have happened to me mm. if I would have stayed in Detroit mm. graduated from Martin Luther King High School what would have happened to me after that let's go back to in the past and see why not So what do you think would have happened to you under those circumstances? I don't think that I would be the Kristen that I am now. I think that I would probably mm. I think I would probably have stayed at my parents longer um, because I left home at 22. Um yeah I think I think my life would be different I would probably be married with children and probably not have lived my life the way I lived it to where I'm at now I think all of that would have been different not mm. saying that any of that would be would have been a negative but it would just be different right right yeah, yeah. definitely been different so if you could make a book, a comic strip, um, into a movie, which one would it be? Into a, or not a movie, but or to a reality show. Which if one I would could it make be? a book or a comic strip into a reality show or a movie. Or a movie. Give it that vivid pop. Because you know, oftentimes when you read, it mm -hmm. gives the vivid descriptions, but more so a lot of people are more they see and mm -hmm. with their eyes they imagine with their eyes so their i would i'm going to give you two one would be dilbert because that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite comic strips the second one well actually mm -hmm. okay let me give them give it to you in the order of what my favorite is my favorite comic strip is charlie brown and peanuts so that would be in, in a reality mm -hmm. show and then Dilbert and the reason for Charlie Brown okay. is because I grew up with you know Charlie Brown and Snoopy and all of that I love that um, time in my life and mm -hmm. my brother what makes it so significant is because my brother gave me a Snoopy um, when he was going to college in, in Atlanta it was mm -hmm. There's a story. Um, it was a sort of like a Christmas thing. Every year he would get me a Snoopy um, plush animal from, I can't remember what the store was down in Atlanta, but he would, he would have that for me every Christmas. And then, you know, I just, I just love those characters um, between Charlie Brown, Lucy, Peppermint Patty. I mean, just the the stories are just epic that would make a great reality show um and dilbert i, I chose dilbert because that's my office life that is <laughs> that is so my office <laughs> life so you know just to walk that out through a reality show 
would just be, and I, I think everybody would watch it because even now during during a pandemic, our lives are Dilbert because you know how you have that character that talks about IT all the time and then we have different layers of leadership and all of that other stuff. I mean, my life is just, I live Dilbert all the time. <laughs> okay. So you're the modern yeah. age Dilbert. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So in your opinion, can long distance relationships survive? I wasn't I was in a long distance relationship for um a while, actually. I think my friends think I'm weird, but I actually prefer relationships. <laughs> Where wow, okay. Help me understand why. Not yeah. saying that it has to be a long distance relationship forever. But when it comes to long okay. distance relationships, you have an opportunity to learn that person um, like you never learned them before Be- because you it's forcing you to communicate. Mm. When you're in a local relationship, you can just go over to that person's house, sit there and chill and not talk. When you're in a long distance relationship, you have to, there has to be some form of communication. Um, Mm-hmm. And it it makes the heart grow fonder. It it helps you not take that other mm-hmm. person for granted. Yeah. Now, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. with the outcome of the long distance relationship is that the the people get together and it just blossoms from there because you have had that opportunity to learn how that person communicates when they're down, when they're happy, um, good times and bad times. And you know, the inflections of that person's voice, you just know certain things about that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you, so you learn more. At a, so, so that's why certain people do so well. Remote, remote learning learn. is, is totally different. I think it's, it's different than relationships. Remote learning, for example, I tried remote learning and I'm more of a classroom person. Mm-hmm. I have to see the person teaching me and I have to be in that environment because that environment cultivates me learning. Mm-hmm. That's how I just, I'm just a classroom type of person. Nope. Um, and there's less distraction. You know what you're there for. You don't have someone, um, popping up on a chat or you don't have an email coming through you know your environment counts but um when it comes to long distance relationships and remote learning i just think they're totally different you you do learn about that person but um i think the intentionality is a little different okay so when you said you started your career, right? What's one thing that you wish you knew? I wish I didn't have to be an adult all the time. <laughs> so what's so being an adult? Here's an what example. Is <laughs> um, I'm a 35 year old team manager, and I have to manage a 65 year old. Like this is not anything. Mm. This is 
I'm not saying that I'm not saying anything about older people or anything but and I'm not trying to be discriminatory but there are just certain things as an adult that you should know better you know you're you're all you're a grandma why do I have to talk to you about your Mm. cell phone help me I mean Mm. well I mean no I need you to have a have a seat at my desk and sign this paper Mm. like they're just adulting and and uh and leadership and career is is in being in management and in managing people is this it's a whole different animal i don't even i know how i got into it but i i talk to that person often who who helped get me into management i'm like why did you do this to me and she's like because you're a born leader (laughs) you're great Mm. really you are you you have such great qualities you have great people soft skills you know Mm. that's what a lot of people tend to lack in this world that's what they say but after i get off after i'm done with my soft skills (laughs) it's a wrap oh it's a wrap huh Okay. So, I'm going to finish this. This this is my last question. (laughs) So, do I Is this a regional question? I'm I'm, looking. It's it's just a question. It's just a question. I mean, thank you very much. What is it for you? Is it soda or pop? Why? I just say soda. I That's mean, this same. is just what I always known with soda, or if I were to say, okay. or I to say, I'm on a Dr. Pepper, or you know, I have to so call the are, drink by its name. That's there what are certain say. drinks that you Not have to call by soda. their that you can call by their name. Like, what would you? Uh, so, like Sprite, you can't call. Well, I don't call Sprite pop. Can I get a Sprite? Or like you said, a Dr. Pepper. Okay. So, like, say if it's Fago. Fago orange, let me get a pop. Or or Verner's. You, okay. you, you don't call Verner's pop. I, hey, can I get a Verner's? Like, you just, there's certain things that you call by name. Canada right. Dry, you just call pop. Nobody calls Canada Dry, Canada Dry. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So we so let's just say you have two fagos. You have three fagos, right? You have the blueberry, you have the orange, and then you red have what's the red or something? Red pop. So so what how how you say let me get a pop? But you got three of them sitting right there. Three different flavors. Now how do you how do you distinguish between orange. those three and which one that you want? Yeah. Let me get an orange pop. You just say orange. Okay. okay. Yeah. But but to me it's like it's a brand thing. Like okay, so Fago. You don't say Fago orange. Mm-hmm. You just say orange. So say if you had a Fanta, mm-hmm. which is fan- some people say Fanta, I say Fanta. 
So I would say, can I get a Fanta orange or a Fanta orange or a Fanta peach? I just don't say peach. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. weird because okay. thinking okay. through it now, it's weird. Oh. It's like Kool-Aid. Oh, okay. what, what kind of Kool-Aid do you want, Red? You don't say cherry Kool-Aid or strawberry Kool-Aid or, well, you do say grape Kool-Aid because that's weird to say purple Kool-Aid. But growing up, you would say, what kind of Kool-Aid you want, Red? I mean, it's weird. Very weird. I mean, but how is it? Because, you know, the Kool-Aid has an actual true flavor. You can taste the difference between strawberry, taste the difference between fruit punch, and you taste the difference between cherry. So you're just going to say red Kool-Aid? So well, what did they have those three? with Kool-Aid, <laughs> there's a story. So, <laughs> oh. so in the two households <laughs> that we would have Kool-Aid, because at my grand- grandmother's, on my mom's side, they didn't drink Kool-Aid. But on my at my grandmother's, on my dad's side, mm. they would have Kool-Aid in the can, the sweet Kool-Aid. And then my dad would get the Kool-Aid in the packets because mm. there was a sugar content. Not saying okay. Now, we didn't have diabetes or anything, but oh. what my dad would do right, right. was take the Kool-Aid packets, get a can of lemonade concentrate, and put the Kool-Aid packets in there, mm. add a little bit of sugar, and make um, a, a Kool-Aid drink. Versus going over my grandmother's, she would mm. use the Kool-Aid powder, which already had the sugar and all of that in it, and just add water. Mm. Mm. So it was okay. kind of weird okay. of, uh, asking what kind of Kool-Aid, mm. do you, what color or what, what flavor you want, because I never knew what what kind would end up in the lemonade concentrate. So it would be weird. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I just learned something new, so I might as well try that. Sugar more when you get the packets versus the Kool Aid drum. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about like the way your father did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Now, I don't know if I can drink it now because my taste buds changed, but back in the day, it was very, very good. Hmm. So what you mean your taste buds change? A little bit of it too sweet, too sour. As a kid, you don't know better. Mm -hmm. You knew what tasted good, and you didn't care about calorie content, sugar content. I mean, my dad was never had a health issue when it came when it came to sugar and all that. But now, being more health conscious, you try to make better decisions. That's true. Mm -hmm. As a kid, just is it sweet, spicy? Whatever. I'm good. Let's go. Well, thank you so very much, Kristen, for allowing me to uh, take over or get to know you a little bit better. I don't feel as though it's much of a takeover. I just feel as though it's just a, a moment for me to get to know you even better over the years, you know, in this Absolutely. short span that we got to know um, each other. Thank you for taking the time to come up with the questions and have the conversation with me on Roxanne's Corner. I'm sure that, you know, this was entertaining yet informative um, for the listening audience. And 
you have to excuse those gaps of silence when we were talking about role models because I got a little choked up there because I wasn't expecting for you to go there. But um, I appreciate that. Uh, you know. And you know, that's sort of why I didn't send you the questions because mm-hmm. I didn't want the uh, pre-defined yeah. answer. I wanted the wrong from you. Even though you said <laughs> questions, like I got yeah, you did, you did. Yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate that time of um, reflection um, because this weekend is Easter weekend. It's Resurrection Sunday weekend. It's Holy Week, and you know mm-hmm. it's a time of re- reflection. And um, one of my um, value, my top values that I stated during our our takeover conversation was love God. So, you know, as I close out this podcast, I I just want to tell the audience of how important, how important it is to have a leader in your life. And by a leader does not mean yourself. It's someone higher than yourself. And for me, that leader is God. So as you, as, as our listeners or as my listeners, whomever, the audience, as you listen to this podcast, I pray that you leave, um, you leave this particular episode wanting to have a leader in your life that can take you to a different height in life, um, higher than you would have ever imagined and higher than that you are now. So with all of that being said, we're going to close out and thank you for listening to Roxanne's Corner. There are a few places where you can reach me. You can reach me via email at Roxanne's Corner um, at gmail.com. That's R-O-X-A-N-N-E-S K-O-R-N-E-R at gmail.com also on Facebook Roxanne's Corner and on Instagram I actually changed it it's Roxanne's Corner the podcast so you can actually find it better so I look forward to um, to talking to you there and everyone have a good night and we will see you later